My name's Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Life, and uh, it's awesome to see everyone here this morning. And we are doing a four-part series titled All In, and it's pertaining to our two-year Come Alive initiative that we launched a couple weeks ago. And I want to remind a couple things real quick to just do some housekeeping things. If you still don't have a bag of our Come Alive initiative, please, after service, come grab those bags uh, there's a bag for everyone if you missed it. So you come with your spouse or your grandma or whatever, you both get a bag, okay, to take that home. There's also information out in the lobby about what is this come alive thing? What are you guys talking about when it comes to that? Last week, if you were here, you should have gotten one of these handed out to you, a little packet. If you weren't here and didn't receive this, we have a lot of extras on our welcome center, okay? So you're going to want to grab that. It's your commitment card and then this uh, Project 610 21-Day Spiritual Journey that we're trying to journey together with as a church family. You can sign up that way as well, and it's really simple. So you can grab one of these, and what we're asking you to do with your commitment card is not make a commitment, just want you to pray over it. It's seeking God's heart and what He wants to do in you and through you. So we say, put it in your Bible, put it on your mirror, put it somewhere, and just start praying, God, what's my involvement here? I want to show you real quick some key dates so we understand exactly where we are in this initiative. We've done the public launch, which was two weeks ago. We started out last week, our all-in teaching series will wrap up in two weeks. So next week, I really hope you invite a friend next week. It's going to be great. We started our 21-day spiritual journey on last Monday. You can still get in if you're like, because ah, I missed last week, I don't get text messages or whatever. You can still get in because you can sign up. You just got to grab one of these packets out in the Welcome Center and tear off the bottom and then you can get signed up that way, okay? So you can still do that. There's time. You just are on now a 14-day spiritual journey, all right? But that's still good. Tonight is March 11th. Well, today is, but tonight we're going to do something special we're going to do an all-in night of prayer and worship. This is for us as Radiant Life. We haven't marketed this. We haven't advertised this like normal. But this is for us. It's not just singing. We have way less songs than normal. And we're going to have four or five different uh, prayer, what we're going to call prayer experiences or stations throughout here in our worship center. And there's even going to be one out in the lobby for us to move and just seek God. How am I going to be all-in on this Come Alive initiative? So it's going to be great tonight. I really hope this is part of the spiritual journey that you can make it tonight. What time do you think it is tonight? 610, because it's Project 610, right? So we're going to start at 610 tonight. And if you got kids, we'll have stuff for your kids in the back so you can drop off your kids. Come in here at 610. And here's a cool thing. If you've signed up for the text messages, if you signed up that way, we're going to start in here at 610 so therefore, our phones should all go off at 6.10, so we're starting off the night individually in prayer. I really hope you make it out to tonight, because I'm excited. The team's going to be awesome. We know that. I'm excited what God's going to do in your heart as you encounter these different stations and stuff and just seek God in the midst of all of it, okay? Tonight at what time? 6.10. You all are sharp. That's because... This is the nine. No, this is the ten o'clock service. Yeah, it is. But or ten thirty service. So it's actually nine thirty, right? You guys came to the nine thirty service. Is that right? Did I calculate that right? All right, shut up, Ryan. Here we go. 
Um, Commitment Sunday is in two weeks, okay? So that's that commitment card. This is where we're seeking God above and beyond my tithe. What are you calling me to give in this Come Alive initiative? Above and beyond. I want to give you my heart in this. What are we going to do to make this initiative come alive? So Commitment Sunday, special Sunday in two, two weeks. And then we have Reveal Sunday to say, hey, church, we're going to celebrate. This is the amount you said we're giving to this project, and that will be Reveal Sunday. So that's going to be a party, all right? We're going to party and reveal what our commitment is and how God used us and transformed our hearts because my wife and I were over here, and God challenged us, and now we're way over here, and whoa, I don't know how I'm going to give this, but that's what we feel God's calling. It's going to be Reveal Sunday in three weeks after Commitment Sunday because April 1st, Easter we're going to have three services, okay? We'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll have three services for Easter. And then the next Sunday is April 8th. That's still spring break Sunday in case you're gone and we don't want you to miss Reveal Sunday. So it will, and it will give you three weeks if you're not ready to commit that Sunday. You're like, dude, God and I are still wrestling and butting heads. It gives you at least one or two more weeks to just say, all right, this is God beat me. Here's the number, okay? All right, because that will happen. God will win. He always does. It hurts sometimes, you know. You're like, oh, man, why? But he wins, and it's all for his glory. So there's key dates, all right? Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm all in. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you better be all in. All right. Hey, before we jump in, I want us to uh, pray this morning to just allow God to mold our hearts and what he's going to say. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that we can come in and just uh, worship you again. And uh, in a simple way of just stripping down all the instruments, and it's so awesome to see the talent and skills that you've brought here at Radiant Life, and we just want to thank you for that. Thank you for always being there, and um, thank you for changing us and challenging us and convicting us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you that when we face our own storms that we know you're right there, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like I cannot feel you anywhere, you're there. Your promise is you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we thank you for that promise in Scripture. God, I just pray as we open up your word, your Bible, your word says it's living and active. And I pray, God, that you would just mold our hearts, shape us where we need to be shaped and molded and convicted. And I just pray that you would just soften our hearts now to receive what your Holy Spirit wants to do in and through us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone together said, Amen. Amen. Well, I believe God's people are always on a journey. You can look throughout Scripture. God's people are always moving. They're never still, ever. You think back to the very beginning. Think of uh, Abraham, the father of our faith. If you're familiar with the story, God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, you're going to leave the city of Ur, and I'm going to take you into the land of Canaan. I'm going to move you from all your comfort, from everything you know, from here to there, and there's movement. You think of Moses. Moses, you're going to be my leader. You're going to move my people out of slavery, slavery, just say it for me thank you, in bondage in Egypt and move them from there into almost the promised land because Moses, you're going to die, but you don't know that yet, but you're going to move them from here to there. And by the way, how are you going to know how to, how to move? Because in the day, you're going to follow this pillar of cloud and at night, you're going to follow, follow the pillar of fire. You're going to move from here to there. God's people are always on the move. You think of Joshua. Joshua, who comes and rises after Moses is dead, who takes the leadership. 
Joshua, you're not in the land of Canaan yet. You're here, but you're going to lead my people into the promised land and make some awesome moves and and conquer that land that I promised Abraham a long time ago. I'm going to move you from here to there. And God the whole time is saying, trust me. Just trust me in this process. I'm going to move you. And I truly believe the church is on a move as well. When God moves, we move. And there's greater calling for us at Radiant Life. We're never satisfied with status quo because God isn't. Jesus all the time is leaving the found to go find the lost. His heart is after lost people. And there's a movement of God that he's doing at Radiant Life that we truly believe is the vision of what he has for us. And we got to move church from here to there. Here is good. We're making progress, but we're not there yet. There are still lost people in our neighborhoods. There are still lost people in our jobs and in our families and in our schools. We're not there yet. We're making progress. But we got to go all in to get there. And we truly believe that the movement of God is happening here at Radiant Life. We've been praying over the last year and a half over what does it look like for Radiant Life to get there. What does it look like where marriages are strengthened? relationships are rebirthed, lives are being changed, addictions are being broken, people are coming to know Jesus, people are getting baptized and taking their next steps, and we're growing as a follower of Jesus, we're growing our own faith. What does it look like to get there? Because we'll get there. But I truly believe that God's calling us to reach the lost, to truly reach them and say, listen, God created you for purpose and on purpose. You may not know it yet, but there's hope in life in who Jesus is. And we're called to reach those people. We're called to reach them and say, your baggage of yesterday can be hope for tomorrow. And we're called to reach the lost people. We got to go all in. Turn to your neighbor and say, go all in. Oh, that you got to do that. I'm a little more convincing because I was not convinced. That was like, because the pastor told me to say it, I'm going to say it. All right. Turn to someone else then and say, I'm all in. All right, that was a little more convicting. Good job. Thank you for, for that. So, hey, if you got your Bible, if you got your tablet or phone, turn with me to the sixth book in the biblical text, which is known as Joshua. Turn to Joshua chapter 3. And here's the cool thing as you get there. You've got the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then there's Joshua. But those first five books are known as the Torah, the Law, or the Pentateuch. Let me hear you say Pentateuch. That's just a fun word, all right? So kids, go impress your mom and dad and aunt and uncle. Say, hey, uh, you need to turn to the Pentateuch, right? They're going to be like, what are you talking about? First five books, okay? Here's another cool thing. In the Jewish educational system in the ancient world, they had the first five books memorized by heart by the age of 13. Whew. All right, we struggle with one or two verses. They got five books memorized by heart. By the age of 13. You think they put importance of God, on God's word? Man, let me, I'm going to preach to moms and dads. You better be in God's word and allow your kids to see you eat that thing up. Because your kids see everything you do. That's what I love about being my past, being in children's ministry. Man, I heard so much. I got so much insight on parents being in children's ministry. I tell you, kids talk. And they talk. I asked one kid one time, I said, what, what do you look forward to when you get to heaven? What do you look forward to? And he was in second grade. He said, all the beer I can drink. <laughs> what do you do? 
I'm like, what? what? But I found out real quick how much beer his dad drinks. Like, kids will tell you anything. I didn't know what to do in that moment. That was one of the craziest moments I ever had in children's ministry. Now, parents, you're all wondering right now, what is my kid saying in the back? He's scared now. Here we are, Joshua chapter 3. Moses has delivered the Israelites on the verge, out of Egypt. They're on the verge of entering the promised land. Moses dies. Joshua Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Four times God says, you're the guy in charge. Be strong and courageous. And I imagine Joshua's like, oh no, God, what am I going to face if you keep telling me be strong and courageous? They're on the cusp of the promised land. And I want to show you a map so we understand location real quick. Here's a map of Israel, and they are at the Red Arrow. They're right there. They're separating them from the promised land. The land of present-day Israel is a body of water known as the Jordan River. And they are going to cross the Jordan River and meet the very first city. It's straight across from them is Jericho. And to give you a little bit perspective, the R of Jericho, the R and I, is about where Jerusalem sits, to give you perspective. So they're literally, they're facing the river. Jericho's right there, a fortified city. Then on the, through the mountains, Jerusalem's there. And here they are. They're going to finally enter the promised land through the leadership of Joshua. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 begins this way. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to, can we read the last of this sentence together? Move out from your positions and follow it. Here's what I need you to understand though. So here Joshua's leading his people. They leave the camp, they go to Shittim, they're right there on the edge of the Jordan River, and the commanders say, hey, I have to give you orders on how we're going to cross this body of water. The Ark of the Covenant has to go first. Now, what's the importance of the Ark of the Covenant? And That's literally, back in the biblical times, they believe that it's the presence of God dwelt on top of the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat of this box. And they're saying the priests and the pastors are going to grab that thing and they're going to go first. And when you see that move, you follow it. When you see God move, you must be right behind it going where it goes. And friends, if there's something encouraging from this verse, it's this. We must move out in advance because God is moving in our church. We can't afford to sit back and allow God to move and us not go. We will miss opportunities for our own growth. We'll miss opportunities to reach other people for Jesus. So when the movement of God goes, we go wherever God goes. And some of us are very detailed, need information people. You want all the facts laid out. You want everything laid out first before you can make a decision. And I understand that. But sometimes it's the thing called a leap of faith. And if God's paving the way, that must be the way. Even though I still want to sit here and make sure all my T's are crossed and I's are dotted. God's going. We're going. 
And we can't afford to sit back. Every follower of Jesus, you're in the game. There's no sideline players. There's no bench players. We're all in this thing. So we must move out in advance because God is going before us. We're obedient and following where God goes. And that's how they were going to cross the Jordan. Israelites, don't move until you see God go. And when the presence of God goes, you follow behind. Then in verse 4, it says this. Then you will know which way to go. Where, how, how do you, if you feel lost in life, just follow the presence of God and the movement of God. Right? Joshua's sitting here going, you don't know what, where to go? Let me help you. Follow the Ark of the Covenant. Follow where God's going. Then you know where to go in life. Since you have never been this way before. Verse 5. Joshua told the people, can we read these two words together? Consecrate yourselves. Remember that. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do, what are these two things? Amazing things among you. Remember that verse. Afterwards, Joshua gives that charge. God and Joshua are going to have a little conversation. God's going to remind him of what he needs to do in the process and remind him, hey, remember, when the ark goes, you go. Don't sit back. Go when the ark goes. And in Joshua chapter 11, Joshua begins to speak more into the Israelites. And Joshua 3 verse 11 says this, See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan when? With three words? Ahead of you. You know what's so awesome about that? The Jordan, the rivers and the seas in the biblical mindset was it represented chaos. It represented the abyss. It represented the unknown. And here, I can imagine the Israelites being a little afraid because it's water. It's chaos. It's the unknown. But what I love about this verse is it says, you're not going into the chaos and into the waters alone. There's someone going ahead of you, and that's God. See, in our lives, we don't have to face storms alone. God's gone ahead of us. And you can tell your storm, my God's bigger than you, and he's got, you got to come through my God first before it gets to me. And in the Israelites, God is ahead of you. You go, he'll protect you, he's ahead of you. And then in verse 13, and as soon as the priest who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand in a heap. Verse 15, now the Jordan is at what, friends? Wait, what? Like, God, you're calling us to cross the Jordan at flood stage? Like, God, I want to I clue you in real quick. There's times when the river's not at flood stage. Waters are low, a little calmer. We can cross then. No. I know the Jordan's at flood stage. The most difficult time to cross the Jordan River, God says, go. Go. I often think that in our lives, we feel like the odds are stacked against us in our relationships and in our jobs and in our schools. And we say, God, why? It's too much. 
The storm's too big. It's at flood stage. And I think sometimes God allows things to get to flood stage because it draws us closer to him. Our dependency says, God, I need you more than ever right now because my life is at flood stage. And because who gets all the glory now? God gets all the glory and honor. But in it, he's saying, just trust me. Let me go first and you follow behind me. Continues on. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zathrin, while water flowing down the Sea of the Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed crossing on the dry ground. Now, how awesome would have been that would have been to be there, to see that, to go to the Jordan and be like, oh my dear Lord, this is at flood stage. We're good over here. I think, God, the promised land is actually this side where we are, right? We're your people. This is the promised land here, not over there. And to be like, all right, all right, we're going to do this, right? At least the priests have to go first because if God doesn't do it, they get washed away. (laughs) My family can be saved. Now, and the priests go, and as soon as they step foot, the waters begin to pile up. And they get into the middle of the Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. And everyone passes by on dry ground. And you sit there and go, man, when God moves, I want to move with him. Because he does amazing things. But I often ask, why did God do this in the first place? How did this even happen? How did they get from here to there? Joshua Chapter 3, verse 5 is the key and what I want to come back to and what I want to hone in on. This is what it says again. Joshua told the people. Can we read this whole sentence, what Joshua told the people? Are you ready? Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. You know what I get out of that? That amazing always begins with consecration. You know, sometimes I think we have a human fundamental problem in humanity. We want to do amazing things for God. Hey, God, check out what I can do for you. You're going to be amazed. (laughs) No. God says, you got one job. That's consecration. You allow me to do the amazing things. But I'm asking you to be obedient and allow me to do the work. And you know what amazes me? That God still uses us. Our brokenness and our hang-ups, all of our worry and anxiety, God still comes to you and says, you think you're broken, I still want your heart. Because I love you. And I'm going to do amazing things when I have your heart. Now, some of us are like, what in the world is consecration? Like, that's a church word. 
I don't do church. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know sometimes what amazing means. But consecration? Consecration means this. To be set apart. To be all in. To be fully devoted to who Jesus is. God's saying, consecrate yourselves. Give me your whole heart. Let me be on the driver's side. You in the passenger seat. Go all in for me, and I'll do amazing things when I have your entire heart, when you're all in. Consecration is dethroning yourself to enthrone Jesus in your life. That's what consecration is. And my heart beats after people who come to church, who sit on the sidelines and say, I come maybe once every six weeks or eight weeks or you see me every 12 weeks. Can I just tell you this? Coming to church is great. Don't get me wrong. Coming to church is awesome. God wants your heart and everything there is. And sometimes we can't even give God an hour of our time on Sunday morning. There's too many people sitting on the sidelines of God's family. Can I just say, get into the game. Because God's going to do amazing things when Radiant Life, our hearts are saying, God, I am sold out to you. My family's sold out to you. I'm going to lead the way that you've called me to lead. I am all in, Jesus, on what you're doing. God says, give me everything. I'll do amazing things. You watch. But amazing will always begin with consecration. I'm going to ask Brandon to come up right now. He's going to share a story of what happened recently. This is pretty cool because, well, it's pretty cool. I don't want to spoil your, like, tagline or something, but I'm just going to let him explain something that happened recently and how God is cool. Yeah, I'm so blessed to hear your guys' stories uh, each and every week. And this week I had a story from Ned Heidloff. I love, call, I love this man. I call him Super Ned because he's pretty super. Uh, but his... Um, his company, so let me back up for just a half a second. The, the place where we have the prints that you, you see the renderings out in the, the hallway there, um, they sent those electronically to Ned's company because they have like the fancy printer where they, they can plot it out and print those. And so uh, this lady who works for Ned, uh, was, which he's invited to church and she's even came here before, uh, she's printing these off and she's looking at them. She's like, wow. I want to give money to this project. I want to give money to, to my church. And so, like, how amazing is it that Ned didn't say anything? She's literally printing off these renderings of what God is going to do here, and she's already wanting to give money to this project. Absolutely amazing. That's cool. You need to clap for that right there. That's the force clap. But that... What's awesome about that story is <laughs> blueprints, a piece of paper that says, here's money towards it. Imagine what God will do when we say, God, I give you everything, I'm all in, you have my entire heart. Because God says, when my people give me my heart and they're fully consecrated, they're all in, I'm going to do amazing things. The job's set out before us. We have the vision. God's clearly defined the, vi the, the vision of radiant life. Now our job 
is to set ourselves apart to be used by Him. And lastly, there's a flip to this. If amazing always begins with consecration, then consecration always ends with amazing. I'm so excited and I cannot be more thrilled to take a journey with you guys. To say, God, I'm all in. And to see what amazing things God's going to do in your life and in the life of your family in the life of your friends and in the life of the coworkers that you work with, in light of your classmates in the classroom. I'm so excited and truly believe that God has amazing things through this Come Alive initiative that we truly will wreck this city for Jesus. I believe that. You should have said amen on that, but that's all right. That's all right. It's all right. You got to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm all in. That was not convincing either. Try it one more time. There you go. Thank you. Man, you get up here, pour your heart out, and then you get them all in. I love you guys. Part of my love language is uh, sarcasm. All right. <laughs> it is. It's sometimes really hard. Just to be honest, get up here, and man, you're passionate, and you're feeling the Holy Spirit, and then you miss an Amen. Just say amen. amen. There we go. Oh, you guys make me. See, you just filled my love tank up. So amazing. It's amazing. Hey, worship team, you can make your way up. I want to close with this one last verse. It's one of my favorites, and you probably aren't in this book of the Bible very much, but it's Habakkuk. 1 verse 5 says, look at the nations and watch. And be what, friends? Utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I truly believe this, friends, that that verse is meant for us at Radiant Life, that you and I can fulfill what God has spoken years ago, what he wants to do in us and through Radiant Life, and in us and through us, and wreck this community for him. I believe it through and through. My question is, are you all in? Does God have all your heart? And I don't know who this is for, and it's not in my notes, and I didn't say, this is for someone. Some of you are 50% in. Some of you think you're in, but you're not. Can I just say, let go of whatever's causing you not to go all in? Friends, we just need to consecrate and say, God, I'm in. I'm in. I don't know how you're going to use me, but I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I've dethroned myself and allowed you on the throne of my life. Let me pray for us this morning. God, there's so many times that we think we're following. But in reality, we're giving you leftovers. We're just giving you 
maybe not even 50% of us. God, I just want to take a moment right now in this prayer to just be still. To allow you to speak to our hearts wherever we need spoken to. Father, we just take this moment to mold our hearts. Father, I'm reminded of a verse right now. That you tell the church in Revelation, I want you either hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, God, you say you will puke us out. I pray that we would be the most refreshing heart set on fire fire church that you've ever seen. God, I pray that we can all cry out, I'm all in. I'm all in. I want to be used by God. I want to see this movement of God. I want my life changed. I want my neighbor's life changed. I want my friends and co-workers. I want to bleed you. I pray that would be our heart. Not just waking up on Sunday and saying, oh, is today a good day to come to church? Mm, I got lunch to do. And we wouldn't even think about that. Because that is selfish. And you called us to take up our cross daily. Every day you told us to bear our cross. And sometimes that means it's our self and pride that we got to put to the cross and bury it. And say, God, I'm all in. You have everything. God, I just pray that we would come alive. I pray if we're on the sidelines right now of life and your ministry and what you're doing, I pray we would get into the game. So many ways to get in the game. Man, God, I just pray that you would stir in our hearts. I pray that we would love like you love. I pray that we would have the eyes to see other people like you see them. It's going to be, you're going to do amazing things when we give you everything. Jesus, you're awesome. We've got the greatest story to be told. We have a life-changing message. May we wake up every day living and breathing it. And I ask this in Jesus' name and everyone who's all in said together, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm all in. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're all, you're all in too. Even if they're not, they're in now, all right? Hey.